What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 116 of the VK Bros. With the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. On a beautiful rainy Saturday morning, which I, as I was just saying to Alex, Australia just beat Scotland in the Rugby League World Cup 84-0. Happy days. Spoiler alert. Well, the, the game's just been played and this won't come out till Monday. And no one's going to see it on YouTube anyway. Let's not start there. We'll, we'll come to that. Okay. We'll come to that. Yeah, you're not seeing us on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Okay, but we'll come back to that. Uh, I want to... No, no, let's start there. We're going to start there. Let's start, start there. So we, we got our second community guidelines strike this week. Uh, ironically, for episode 70, again, for, in quotation marks, medical misinformation. Now, we have appealed to the, uh, the ruling... But they literally just say, review your content, and they just give you the whole video. They don't give you the particular section of the video, which is deemed as medical misinformation. They just say it's the whole thing. Uh, we've not heard back from them ever since. But due to the fact that we've now on our second community guideline strike, we're actually on a two-week ban from uploading anything to YouTube anyway. So we are unable to upload this week or next week's podcasts to YouTube mm. uh, due to the ban. Now, with the way that their terms and conditions work, three strikes and you're gone. And when, when they say gone, they delete your entire library. Yeah. Now, what's what's even worse about the review process is they say, okay, you need to go and rev- review your content. You you get a thumbnailed version mm. of your video to then rewatch. Yeah. Only through that platform. You can't just... It doesn't, like, link to a normal YouTube video. Yeah. It's this tiny little thing. It's like it's purposefully made so you can't fix it. Well, it is, because it's even vague language. Like, the warnings themselves say, we have found something in your content that may violate YouTube's community guidelines. So it may. So in other words, it's subject to change whenever they feel like, and... Again, they don't tell you the specific part of your content, which is medical misinformation. They just literally, it's an hour and a half episode. So you're supposed to go through the entire hour and a half and pretend that you know what part it is that they've got a particular problem with. I would assume, if this was, like, if you were charged with a crime, they have to tell you what the crime is and the specifics of when you did that crime. It's like, it's like getting done for a crime and saying, yeah, you went shopping for a week. No, it's even worse. You may have. Yeah, you may have. You may have done this crime yeah. at this time, potentially. And therefore, we're going to punish you for it. So we're going to move over to Rumble. Yeah. Because we still like the video. Uh, we do think there needs to be digital presence. We have got aspirations of uh, adding some um, digital content to the like to our videos. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know, too, that not only so when we did get back off our last strike from YouTube, YouTube stopped showing our videos. Oh, we're completely handbraked. Yeah, yeah. So like we, I mean, we had a very like a relatively low viewership, but we used to get like sort of twenty or thirty views at least in the first week. Mm-hmm. That went to like six. six. Yeah, and I know too because I wake up on a Monday morning and when I fire up my phone, the first video that would show is the new Monday dropped episode of our podcast. Mm-hmm. And then that stopped happening. And you had to swipe like five times to get to get yeah. to it. And so it's not it when the when the algo's working against you, like, what's the point of being there? Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like it's interesting where you look at different channels which have content which YouTube likes and how much support they get given to grow. And look, I 
to a degree, I don't agree with it, but I get it, mm. if that makes sense. But this isn't the exact problem. We've been speaking about censorship for 18 months, really. Like, we, we were speaking about censorship when Donald Trump got kicked off Twitter just before the election. Yeah. Was it before the election? Was, wasn't it? Uh, no, no. Oh, it might no, have been no, just no, afterwards. No, no. It was after he was out. Yeah, okay. So anyway, but but still, 18 months ago, when he got kicked off Twitter, we were really starting to ramp up the talk about censorship. And when we, we spoke last week about the terrorism thing, going back to that whole situation, one of the biggest problems that they said back in the day about terrorism was, say a young kid who's in school might hear something that is in, in line with what a terrorist organisation mm. might be spouting. And they might repeat that in a public forum. And the worst thing that you can do, they were saying, is slap that kid for saying those things because then he's going to go and try to the darkest depths of the internet to try to find a place which agrees with him. And the next thing you know, those bad ideas fester in the background. So we were saying what, like, censorship is not the answer. The answer to... uh, YouTube thinks our idea is bad. That's what it is. 100%. So the answer to our bad ideas should be more free speech from the other side explaining to us why our ideas are bad. Yeah. The concerning thing is, like, these are all retroactive uh, strikes for old episodes. Like, episode 70, we're on episode 100 116. That's 40 weeks ago. Yeah. So, it may, like, for a start, ask yourself the question, has anyone watched that video in the last month yeah probably not i mean i could go back through the statistics and find that they're not yeah so what is what is the purpose would the damage not have been done already if if there was some egregious medical misinformation in that well i think what gets me is that the time i find interesting because we we did get a bunch of strikes now Mm -hmm. same as a lot of the people that we follow are starting to get strikes now yeah and my argument was you should have got us back then, That's it, right. because the stuff that we were saying back then was at the was at the um, absolute forefront of. That's right. But now, most of it's true. Yeah. Most of it's been spoken. Like Koshi talks about some of this stuff now. Yeah, and that's a big deal. If Koshi's talking about correct, it. correct, <laughs> right? And but now, they're they're putting strikes on us. Mm-hmm. So I I think the timing is interesting. I think that this. Uh, yeah, further to what you said, you shouldn't. You should have two opposing views talking to each other, and the people that are that, like we want everyone to listen to both sides, yeah, and then make an informed decision for themselves. That's that's what we want. You don't just delete the library of someone that you don't agree with. That's right, and, and especially that, like, so when, when well, especially when, especially when, and especially now, one of the YouTube guidelines is you cannot say that. The vaccine does not spread. It does uh, not it stop does, transmission. Stop, does not stop transmission. That's right. Even though they just said that it doesn't. I know. They never You're not it. allowed to say it, but the company literally just said that they never tested to see if it stops transmission. So how? Because cool they're is moving that? at the speed of science. Yeah. And, and 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 this is the issue: is trying to drill down into the specifics of the policy is stupid. It's it's yeah, useless. It's pointless. It's just a means to an end. And so when you say using, we've always talked about being salespeople, language is so important. So saying this may violate community guidelines. They know it's because the majority of people aren't actually going to push back. Yeah. Right? So it may, which means they can also change their mind whenever they want to. They can be fluid with it. 
And like you're saying, like their actual guidelines go against science. I'm not going to call it the science because that's the branding. Yeah. But their guidelines, their own guidelines yeah. go against science. So when you look at, you know, governments are talking about regulating platforms and all those sorts of things. Like, how can it be that a platform can literally have their own specific guidelines actually are misinformation yeah. in, the, in its own way? Yeah. And if you go on, go on YouTube, search for flat earth videos. They're all there. Search for can men breastfeed. They're all there. Yeah. That's medical misinformation. Yeah. Well, the, the chest feeding thing anyway, and maybe not the flat earth thing. Yeah. But that is misinformation too. So it's not about protecting people from incorrect information. It's about preventing people from hearing a certain viewpoint from a certain group. I, th- I think our first real taste of that was the Joe Rogan Ivermectin thing. Yes. In, in terms of the way that Australia reacted mm. to that, it was literally the week of, and you can go back, well, you probably can't go back because it's probably gone, mm-hmm. but that when Joe Rogan came out and said that he took a bunch of things that made him feel real uh, like better after he got COVID, yep. then the Australian was it the TGA that did that, or, or was it the was it APRA? No, it was the TGA that like literally in response to that banned doctors from prescribing ivermectin. Yeah, but it was the text. So that's that was the headline. That's the headline. But when you read the TGA's stance on it. If it was, if anyone was to read that whole thing, you'd go, "What?" So you're now going to ban something that's got more medical data in support of it than any other drug on the planet. Mm-hmm. Has the creator has won awards for it, mm-hmm. but you're you're going to ban it because people might get incorrect dosage information from the internet. From the internet, yeah. But it's not even that you're banning the drug; you're banning doctors from prescribing yeah. the drug specifically for COVID nineteen. Like it was, it's not banned for things like the parasitic conditions and yeah. scabies and stuff that it's normally used for, but it was specifically banned. Like banned doctors. Why? Why do these people yeah. get degrees? Why can't I just go and sit in a doctor's office and just get a printout from the TGA of so client walks in, tells me their symptoms, and I just go on the TGA and I plug those symptoms into a system and that spits out a script for me to say. Well, that's what happened when we went before, uh, like when when the mandates came in. We went to we went to the doctor, <laughs> and that she had it already prepared. The TGA outline was under her keyboard, and yep. she just pulled it out and she started reading it, and then literally said to us, "If I contravene this, I can lose my job." Yeah. How wild is that? Yeah. So we're moving to Rumble. Yeah. Uh, Fuck YouTube. Fuck YouTube. Fuck YouTube. Like, actually, fuck YouTube. Yeah. Like, this is is evil. Like, it really is. It is evil if you... Like, even if you think you're doing the right thing, YouTube, you are... Because we're extremists, according to YouTube. Mm -hmm. You are driving extremism. You are forcing people with a particular viewpoint to all go and congregate in the only area that will accept them. Yeah. That is bad. We've always, we've learned throughout history, that's a bad idea. If you think the ideas are so bad, let them speak those ideas in a community that disagrees with them and explains to them why. That's what you're supposed to do. But no, YouTube, what you're choosing to do, in your opinion, is drive extremism by forcing all the people with one particular viewpoint to fuck off to the dark corners of the internet. See, I I think you need to be careful with that, that rhetoric. Because you have now just fallen into what I think is going to be the next play. Yeah, we're going to be 
deemed as domestic extremists. Not us, but but is this is this a psyop? Is this is this the equivalent of you know FBI agents in the counterterrorism thing rallying up, like actually creating terrorists? Well, potentially, and that's that's one of the things I can't remember if I said on the pod last week, but I remember saying it to you during the week. One of the biggest concerns that I've got about the the thread that you picked up on of this ramping up of the you know war on terror rhetoric is during COVID when everything like federal was under a state of emergency and all the states were under their individual states of emergencies, the government and the police had extraordinary powers to crack down on people that they wouldn't have had without those emergency yeah. situations being in place. Now the state of emergency, the federal one has been removed way back in April. So that's it's been six months since there's been mm. a federal state of emergency. And all the individual states are like seeming to remove them all roughly around the same time, which means those extraordinary policing powers that they got very accustomed to using over the last two years are now gone. So now my concern is that by ramping up the terrorism rhetoric, especially domestic terrorism, yeah. if you get flagged as a domestic terrorist, the, I mean, you've got no rights. Yeah. Like the, the, the Terrorism Act, completely different to any normal criminal proceedings that a, a yeah. citizen would encounter. And that is an honest concern. I am a terrorist. I'm not advocating anyone, hurt anyone, do anything bad. We are the opposite. We're literally, we, we are the m- most anti-violent. Yeah. We're the only people like saying there should be no violence. We, we, That's right. You know, we're against the... The divisiveness. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we're all about coming together. Yet, talking about that fluidity of ideas, mm. it's whatever their perception at the time is or whatever is convenient to them all, all of a sudden becomes... It's, it's got to be convenience, terrorism. right? Yeah, but your, but your rhetoric on, on, on moving people uh, into echo chambers, mm-hmm. your definition of it was to... Uh, what was the word you used? Ext- uh, to drive extremism. Yeah. I was using those terms on purpose. I'm not saying that I'm I'm agreeing or advocating. I'm not, for that. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that the nudging is already working. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Even using that language, it's Correct. putting it out there in the in the, in the ether. Yeah. 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 So in the ecosystem. And look, let's see what happens to Rumble. Rumble had a twenty uh, percent kick to their stock when uh, Russell Brand got his deal mm-hmm. with them, and he's gone over. Yeah. Uh, the platform's very sleek. And yep. um, I had some concerns when I, I I used it. I think I used it like a year ago. Yeah. And one of the one of the functions that it didn't have that YouTube did was because I pay, I pay for YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives me the ability to have the video playing, turn the screen off. Yeah. And it still plays. Yep. So I can use it as a podcast mm-hmm. platform. Um, I can use it for music. It's got YouTube Music attached. Yeah. But Rumble didn't do that. Right. Does now. Okay. So and, and that was the free. That's the free version of it. Okay, awesome. I don't know if there's a paid uh, version yet, but also the uploading thing looked very sleek. Yeah. So I I uploaded one of our pods about a year ago to Rumble just to, as a tester, just to see what it was like. Because obviously, being on more, the more platforms you can be on, the more eyes and more exposure you're going to get. So when I uploaded it, one of my concerns was the length of time it took to upload compared to YouTube. It was exponentially longer. But I also think that they've received a lot more money in the last 12 months. They've built a lot more and the infrastructure must be exponentially yeah. better now than it was even 12 months ago. And, uh, and uh, realistically, Rumble's doing what should happen in capitalism. They've seen a niche in the market and they've latched onto it and yeah. they're 
and creating some success from that, which yeah. is a good thing. It's funny, the, the, the algo, as crazy as it sounds, the algo for me on a fresh... So I found Bitcoin Magazine on Rumble before I found it on YouTube. Wow, okay. Bitcoin Magazine. Yeah. Am I a Bitcoiner? Yes. And it's never given me the option to watch mm. Bitcoin. It's never pushed it to me. Interesting. Bitcoin Magazine. Yeah, right. Right, so that, that was... I, th- I found that very interesting. Now, look, there's, it's still in early stages, uh, I would say, like mm-hmm. in terms of the library is going to be a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. Yeah. I think John Campbell's going to end up over there. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have to. He's absolutely teetering the line of, you know... You, <laughs> I mean, you how, can only you, play you the destined, game for you, so long. You are destined to get kicked off that platform now if you are literally reciting what the company said yeah. about the product that YouTube is defending. But it's not even that. It, it's like, I'm pretty sure he got a strike for reading a medical study. Yeah. Well, like, haven't you heard the BMJ is a small internet block? Yeah. yeah. But, but like, that's, that's where it's at. And that's where you know it's not about protecting people from incorrect information. It's, it's literally about protecting people from hearing a different viewpoint that the mainstream doesn't want it's not, to hear. It's moving discourse. It's moving. YouTube is it's, now part of the mainstream. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Uh, what's the word? It is uh, directing um, public sentiment. Yeah, like they're literally in control of the dialogue. Yeah, and again, we've spoken before so about. You've got to stop saying again. Okay, sorry, but platforms are covered under that section two thirty because they're not publishers. Yeah. In quotation marks, yeah. but they behave exactly like publishers. And Assange is fascinating that you would bring that up because obviously he's been in the news a lot mm. over the last couple of weeks as well. Even so, even think about that just as an example. You've got the U.S. government thinking that they are justified and extra... He's an Australian citizen. He's not American. Yeah, I can't believe we're doing nothing about it. I know. And all he is guilty of is publishing classified information that was given to him by someone else. Yeah. Which is what all the major news networks do every single day. If you're a major news outlet and you are not outraged by this, because think about the precedent that it sets. Yeah. But it hasn't. It hasn't. Well, no. And that's the problem. Because, well... That's he, a problem. He's never well. actually been tried and convicted of anything. Yeah. But once he is tried and convicted, if that ever happened, that does set the precedent. And then anyone can just be put in prison. Yeah. It's wild. How are you supposed to... Like, the media is supposed to be the ones who are transparent and hold power to account. That's their role in a democracy. Yeah. It's not democracy if they literally can't report on information that the public should know about. Yeah. Don't close that door. Yeah. Uh, it's wild, man. Yeah, it, it, it is... It's definitely not right. He's been, he's been locked away for way, way, way too long. It is disgusting that Australian government is doing nothing for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Albo really has the opportunity to make that right, or at yeah. least start, and I don't think there's any talk of it. No, well, I think, I think he's been asked about it, and I, I can't remember what answer he gave. So, but I do vaguely recall someone asked the question at some point. And he might have said something along the lines of, we've got bigger problems at the moment. At a minimum, at a minimum, he should be here. Yeah. At a minimum. Put him in one of our prisons. Yeah. Right? A very nice one. Yeah. But at, a, at, a, at an absolute minimum, mm-hmm. bring him here. He's an Australian citizen. We should do yeah. the right thing. I mean, the previous government kicked out Australian citizens... Uh, well, sorry, 
refused to help Australian citizens that were overseas during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, I can see why they wouldn't have done anything, but we've yep. got a new government now. Yep. It's the perfect opportunity. And the pandemic's over, so there's no problem with importing people. Yeah. Like, bring them home. And, and this is what I find so wild. Like, you've got... This is how they use emotion to sell narratives to people. So you look at America... And there's two different cases which I find fascinating because on the one hand, you've got America trying to extradite Julian Assange from... He's in England at the moment, isn't he? I think he's in in England. So America's trying to extradite Julian Assange for the crime of publishing classified information. Now, don't don't forget too, the last time they tried to uh, extradite him, they made up sexual assault charges. Yeah which just got thrown out because they were untrue. Yeah, man can't have an orgy. <laughs> yeah, but like, so they, they made up charges as an excuse to extradite yep. him. So that's that's the assumption. They're doing everything they can to get him to come home, well, home, back to the US. Yeah. On the flip side, one of the people they're talking about all the time in the media is Brittany Griner, who is the basketballer currently locked up in Russia on weed charges. Mm. And the Biden administration is saying all the, oh, she's been locked up unjustly, blah, 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 blah. She broke drug laws in a country that's, it's illegal. Yeah. Like, it's it's about as open and shut case yeah. as, as it could be. Yeah. She was in a country where weed's illegal, she got caught with it, they put her in prison. It's, but America's like, oh, she's being locked up unjustly. She's been locked up unjustly. And... I don't like I don't like the comparisons. I don't like a comparative. I think you need to look at every single case separately. Those are those are two very. I, I think the Britney Grind thing is purely in the news because it's new. It's something that can be spoken about. No, I, I don't think there's any parallels really between between the two except the rhetoric. Um, I find it. I'd really be interested to know how many people genuinely think that. Assange did damage to America by saying that your American government is doing bad things to people in America. I'd like to know how many Americans genuinely think that. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to know. Um, but even then, it's like everyone's so confused on everything. Like the all the rhetoric from America at the moment about how evil Russia is for invading Ukraine. And everyone forgets about all the countries America is currently occupying it's like it's it's against it's illegal war. It's against international law, unless they do it. Yeah, there's a there's I, so much of that. I did have a conversation during the week. I I'm gonna obviously keep the names out of it, but I had a very surprising conversation. This guy is a Biden supporter, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I'm not a Biden supporter. I I, I think credit where credit's due. Like I keep saying, the fact that he brought the troops home from Afghanistan as mm-hmm. poorly as it was done. I, I, it needed to happen. Yep. So that big tick in my book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't expect anyone to, to, to yep. agree with me, but that's, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. When, now this guy's, he, he does some business in, in America, so he's quite close to American culture. Yes. And we got speaking about the semiconductor bill. Did we talk about that last week? No. So there's a bill that was floated months ago, but it only kind of got, uh, sort of instated last week, mm-hmm. which was that 
there is a, 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 an attempt by the Americans to cripple the Chinese semiconductor market. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is they've, he's put sanctions against... So no tooling that's made in America is allowed to be sold to a Chinese semiconductor company. Mm-hmm. No staff are allowed... So if you're an American, you are not allowed to work. As in an American citizen. American citizen is not allowed to work for a Chinese semiconductor company. So they resigned. They were forced to resign the day before. Or lose their citizenship. Or lose citizenship. Yeah, it's wild. They're putting massive tariffs on any chips that come from China into America. Mm-hmm. And they're going to use that revenue to build semiconductor factories in America. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with that, with that move. Mm-hmm. When you have supply. Yeah. So when you've built the factories in America, then do it. Mm. What makes no sense is being six years away from having these factories finished yeah. and placing the sanctions on it. Because what does that do? It mm. just absolutely cripples the... Like, iPhone 14, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. It ain't happening. Yeah. Anyway, but there, there is a, there's obviously an underlying issue here. Mm-hmm. And this guy was... Oh, so when I mentioned it to him, he goes, oh doesn't Taiwan make all the chips? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it does. And he goes, so this is a play at China. And I said, bingo, you got it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, good, fuck China. Wow. And I went, wow. Like, and this guy represents the left. Yeah. This, this, this guy, he, he, he will say, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a left, I love Biden, everything was so, was so good. Yeah. And he is quite happy for us to go to war yeah. with China. Can't explain why, he just doesn't like them. Yeah, which and and that that really boggled my mind because I thought I thought the right were warmongers. I thought that I that's thought the what right everyone's were... told. The, the everyone's told that the right are the aggressive. Like in America, the right are the ones who are pro Second Amendment. They've got the guns. They're usually ex military. Like that's the right. Yeah, but that that's fascinating. You are right. That's that seems to have been a shift in what the last decade. Yeah, do you reckon? Not even five years. Yeah, five it's, years. it's like. The, I, a guy put it to me in a very, very smart way during the week. Yeah. A friend of mine goes, it makes sense that they feel that way because the left aren't the ones that fight the wars. Mm. So in a way, yeah. they're the smart ones. Yeah. They get to make any policy that they want and, and no matter what the cost, they don't pay it. Because yeah. the right, the patriot, patriotic right-wingers, the yeah. gun-toting... Middle Americans, they're the ones that go to wars. They're the ones that do all the bad stuff, yeah. and the left get to reap any benefit that that that's that's there. So of course you would you would push for for war because it because it doesn't you, affect you. It doesn't affect you. You only get the benefits of it. You only get the benefits. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like I mean the perfect example at the moment is the um, the border states sending migrants to the uh, the the self proclaimed sanctuary cities. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all these sanctuary cities are starting to go off like it's a problem. But when it was only those border, ci- border cities that were having to deal with all of these illegal migrants that were coming in, they were being called racist and xenophobics and, yeah. you know, like blah, blah, blah. But then as soon as you brought the, like, what was it, the, the Martha's Vineyard thing? Where they sent, like, was it 50 of these migrants to Martha's Vineyard and they called the National Guard? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it, it's, you're right, you're right. Uh, because we saw something similar in in Australia in during COVID, it was all of the like middle of the city, 
laptop class that was all for mandates, lockdowns, etc., 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 because they're the ones who've got enough money to stay home. Because they had the laptop class, they didn't lose any income because yeah. they're just working from home. But they were ordering all their food on Uber Eats while some broke person with a mask on was, in quotation marks, putting their lives on the line to deliver their meals to them. And they would sit there at home tweeting about how lockdowns are such a great thing. Yeah. And, and yes. also, uh, also, if you don't get vaccinated, you should die. Yeah, there was a lot of that too. A lot of, a lot of uh, emotionally justified aggression. From... The, the left has become extremely aggressive. Yeah, and they, they don't even realise it, though, because yeah. they feel like they're justified in doing yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's that's dangerous. so dangerous. That's yeah. right. Like, they're... That's radicalisation. They're radicalised. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you if you don't even realise you're doing it, that's a massive problem. I don't care that the left's radicalised. Like, I don't care. Because they've all got myocarditis. Well, <laughs> but, but, like, to me, they don't pose a physical threat. But, yeah, but the but the threat to discourse, and we we are victims of it. I yeah, mean, we right. are we are victims of 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 a clear left agenda. Yeah. on uh, through digital means, mm. uh, where a, a lot of those guys are not willing to talk to you anymore about yeah. those those topics. But see, this is the problem. I was I was talking to someone about this during the week. Uh, the the threat's already there because the the leftist. Uh, ideology and agenda takes control of the leadership uh, positions and then gets people like the police and the military to fight all the wars for them. Yeah, so that was a, I mean, Victoria was an example. Perfect example. You had, you've got all the floods in Victoria. People are going, where's the military? Where's the mil- Why aren't the military coming in to help people out in these floods? Now, they mobilised them pretty quick to quash... Uh, anti-lockdown protests. No, did the military... The military never got into... They did. When? Uh, in mid-2021. Victoria? In Victoria and in, and in New South Wales. Okay. Absolutely did. They mobilised the military to get people off the streets. Yeah, okay. So they can mobilise the military when it suits the government, but all of a sudden when the people need help, military is nowhere to be Well, seen. to be fair, in New South Wales floods, the military did arrive in Lismore about two months after <laughs> they were asked. And took some photos. Took some photos. Yeah. So they did get Yeah, and, and but, but this is... So this getting back to the point. So like what but you're yeah, saying, you're not scared of the left because they're not physically imposing. But the left never fight their own battles, which is the yeah, point. Yeah, but yeah. they... The problem is they are able to uh, get enough support because every single thing they say sounds like the nice thing to do. Yeah. Everything. All of it. Like supporting Ukraine sounds like the nice thing to do, but they don't tell you any of the details. Yeah, yeah. the devil is in the details. We've always known that. Um, you know, supporting kids with transgender uh, transformations—it sounds like the nice thing to do. Show me the details. I had a quick look online the other day. Um, post-op transgender people have a twenty times higher suicide rate. Yeah, I think it's sixty percent. Sixty percent of them that um, tra- transition commit suicide. Yeah, so I'm not one hundred percent sure of that number, but I know it's twenty times higher than average. Mm. Tell us the full story, and and this is this is where cynics like me, because I am quite cynical. I go when you come out with an ideological statement, which is a call to action, which sounds like it's really, really nice, but you don't provide any of the detail, I've got concerns. Because I don't know, if you were completely just in what you were doing, you would say, this is the problem, this is the solution, and this is why. And this is all the data. 
But if you leave out the this is why and the data bit, and you just you, you spend all of your time on the emotion of it, then I go, we're, we're being had it, again. It's funny because I think that's what makes me a good market guy. Yeah. Because I, I, I had a conversation with a friend and we were talking. Now, my portfolio has way outperformed his. I'll just say that. Right. <laughs> and um, he goes, you always look at history when you make these decisions. And I'm like, yeah. You what know, you because, look at? Yeah. And he goes, he, he does it on emotion. Yeah. And I said, the idea of markets is like, it's literally a battle between logic and emotion. That's right. And and when when you see markets in red, it is an emotional response. Mm-hmm. It is 100% an emotional response. Yeah. And uh, the guys that are, are are looking at the data are rubbing our hands together. Yeah. An opportunity. I bought some shares yesterday. Hey. Yeah. Because every, like, down, down, everything's on a markets discount. Markets are down. It's the only thing that's cheap at the moment. It's the share <laughs> yeah, market. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing deflationary at the yeah, moment yeah. is the stock market. Yeah. But uh, I bought some during the week too. No. What did you buy? Vass. I bought some more Vass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm at least well, because you got it. Ch- see, I, it, like I'm, I'm still buying it. I've got it on like a repeat buy. Yeah. But I bought at $98. You bought your original thing at 75. 75. That's your best financial move. That's been, that was the. It's been fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really good. And somehow you still get a better dividend yield than me. I don't know how that works. I would assume it was whatever was invested in at that time. Yeah, I don't know how the calculations work. Well, because it's an ETF, it's obviously a bundle in of a whole bunch of different stocks. Yeah. So my stock makeup must be different to what your stock makeup is. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and any bit more Bitcoin? No, I don't have that much money. <laughs> <laughs> there is some big. Uh, there is some big news in Bitcoin that happened this week too. Mm. There's been a court case, an existing. Uh, there's now two court cases on the go, but one of them just got finalised during the week, mm. and it was a court case where Craig Wright, who is a I'm actually disgraced to be an Aussie. I'd rather swap Craig Wright for Julian Assange. Like, can we swap them? Mm -hmm. Craig Wright is a massive Bitcoiner, claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto, which kind of goes against what Satoshi Nakamoto is all about. Uh, Has yet been... He has not been able to produce the keys for the the wallet that's got hundreds of billions of dollars worth of... Does he have videos on YouTube? Yeah. Is that not misinformation? He's now. (laughs) uh, Another... Bitcoiner called Hoddlenaut mm. uh, put some tweets out and um, saying that he was an idiot, and he wasn't Satoshi, and blah blah blah. Went to a went to a court. Craig Wright lost. Still another. Uh, there's still another court case pending on one tweet. This one was over nine tweets. So Hoddlenaut's guaranteed to win that court case as well. Mm. Uh, it's it's. Kind of, I think any, like no one, no crypto guys are on Craig's side. Yeah. Like he's made himself look like a real idiot. That tells you something. Yeah. Yeah. And Hoddenort had lots, lots of um, support. I think there was a foundation that was made to help him fight this case. And he's yeah. since won. And he's now, he didn't, he's, he's going to get rewarded some money from Craig Wright, which is going to sit in a fund that he's, the Hoddenort's going to allow like other people that are, that are persecuted in around crypto related things mm-hmm. to use so um, that was a that was a that was a big event but there seems to be I saw an interesting article this morning that said that the UK pound is now more volatile than Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny because it it had touched parity with the, with the US, US dollar, dollar which has not yeah. happened ever uh, Liz Truss Gonski 
44 days as the UK Prime Minister. Did you see the thing about the letters? <laughs> Someone had set up a webcam with a, an iceberg lettuce with a blonde wig on it. A saying, white string. Yeah, which will last longer, Liz Truss as PM or this lettuce. And the lettuce lasted longer. Now, I, I don't want to minimise the situation, It, but I do have a skit in mind. I can imagine like a young Liz Truss, like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, like she knew that one day she was going to be Prime Minister. Mm. And she had this amazing, amazing like dossier that she had created herself with what her financial plan was going to be mm. as soon as she got that seat. And she did everything in her power. And every day she grinded towards that. Mm-hmm. And then she gets in. She gets the big, the, uh, the big seat. And she slaps her plan, her life's work on the table. Mm-hmm. Bam! Low taxes on the one time that low taxes doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> and she's like, ah! I got nothing there. <laughs> like that's it. That's all I got. It's a yeah. Because that's really what it was. It was it was a market correction. So she came in. Yeah. It. We um, spoke about this a few weeks ago. Like in. It is crazy to think that in a hyperinflated market that you're going to lower taxes. That is the worst. That's like throwing petrol on the fire. That is crazy. Like, yeah, but you would also assume that it's crazy in a hyperinflated market to borrow money and send it to Ukraine too. But we still do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But well, you know, we're well established that we're against that. But but big biz, the what you're supposed to do in hyperinflation, the only thing to fix hyperinflation is to slow the velocity of money. The only way to slow the velocity of money is up interest rate and up taxes. Mm-hmm. So you raise those things, slows the velocity of money. Therefore, the, um, therefore the inflation is mitigated. Mm-hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. Now that's same as like Biden putting the anti-inflation bill, three hundred billion dollars towards green. Uh, energy stuff and the inflation market that was announced last week went up again. Yeah, no because, shit. Because the Inflation Reduction Act was one point five trillion dollars <laughs> worth the money they had to print. Well, no, it was only, I thought it was only three hundred billion. No, 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 it was three hundred billion towards green energy or whatever. Ah, but the right. actual Inflation Reduction Act, which is what it was called, was one point five trillion dollars. Yeah. So you can't at like a let me fact first, check myself on that number just to make sure I'm giving out. Incredible information. If you're in an economics class, I reckon you'd learn that in the first week that to reduce inflation, adding free market uh, money to that market is only a bad thing. Uh, Yeah. So, so unfortunately for Trust, uh, she's got the record of being the shortest posted PM by a factor of three. Wow. So I think the next worst was 180 days. Yeah, okay. And it's... What's even crazier is that now... Similar to what happened here when the Gillard... um, Was it Gillard, Rudd and Turnbull? uh, Mm. Debacle happened... It's up to the party to decide who, who goes in, not the people. So that's not that's not voted in. So the party needs to decide. But they have implemented some new rule where... Yeah, you have to have support of 100... Uh, MPs. Yeah, which means that the actual pool of people that can win it is extremely small. And they think Boris, Boris is probably going to get back in. So this... I was thinking about this this morning while I was on my morning walk in the rain. Do you think this was just a way of him cleaning slate and getting back in again? Well, we had... Okay, so I hadn't thought of that, Yeah. but we can keep an eye on it to see what happens in other countries. So mm. we'd argued, we'd said that after all these lockdowns, after the heinous like war crimes that are committed on 
nation states, mm-hmm. us included, yep. that the next big correction was everyone would... All the key players and decision makers would get recycled for someone else. Yep. So, so so basically, all of those crimes go with those people. Yep. And then you start new with a new slate of leaders. So the the way to see if your view is right is to see if in other countries, and when I say other countries, I mean the countries that all played the same game: mm. US, UK, Australia, Canada, Israel. Like, those players all played the COVID game the exact same way. Yeah. If that happens, then, yeah, you could argue this is just an excellent way to effectively self-exclude yourself from the game. Yeah. And when the dust settles, you get to come back in. Yeah. Because if what you were saying about economic policy and how uh, bleedingly obvious her economic policy was the wrong choice... Does that not lend credence to the fact that they're like, all right, Liz, you, we're going to make you a female PM. We're going to look after you. You're going yeah. to get plenty. Your, 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 your ends will be met. But this is the plan. £140,000 a year set for life, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So you get in. You get the top gig. You get your name on the list. Now, you're going to, be, uh, you're going to make records because you're going to get out of here real quick. But you just need to drop this hammer. That gives us the justification to... Well, okay, that's another thing that we'll need to do is we need to stay close to where Truss ends up. Does she leave Parliament? If she leaves Parliament, where does she go? Yeah. Uh, so let's keep an eye on that. Uh, just some closure. We we said that we were going to follow where Gladys Berejiklian ended up. Mm-hmm. So she's basically she's CEO of Optus. Optus yeah. just got a massive hack. So I'm not saying she did it, but she's there. Mm. You know, so uh, failure follows. <laughs> That's another thread that we need to explore a little bit more. All these companies that are getting hacked and customers' private information getting stolen. You want every week. Yeah. Like there was Optus, there was Medibank, the health insurance. Medibank owns AHM. Yeah. A company that I bought booze from once, they got done. Yeah, that Vine Vine, Mofo. Vine Mofo? Is it Vine Mofo? Don't know. I don't know. Something like that. I just bought alcohol from there. It sucked. But but that's the thing. So that's that's something to keep an eye on as well too. Because I think it's a good thing. I think I it's think what it, you think. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like this is some sort of white hat hacker going, like seeing the blood in the water going, everyone's marching towards uh, centralized digital identities. I need to show everyone why this is a bad idea. Yeah. Because if all of your information is in one place, well, I, I've taken information from Optus, from Medibank, from VineMofo, if that's the name. And there was another one this week too. I can't remember who it was. But yeah, it's like, I wonder if it's like trying to warn people going, hey, putting all of your personal information in the one area because a centralized digital identity will have it all. Yeah. It will have your name, address, medical records. Yeah, attach the ATO records. ATO records, your bank records, so what you spend your money records. on. So everything with things like um, environmental social governance, uh, all that sort of stuff, it was all in one handy spot. It's also yeah. in the handy spot for the hackers too. And as we've seen from the government, government's they, not really good at... They have a really bad track record for data security. Extremely bad. Like, and you're your target too. So uh, I, I, I was talking to a nerd during the week and he said the exact same thing. He's like, even even if you could say, you could argue that private companies are as good or the same as governments in terms of their security, mm-hmm. governments are a target because it's the one central location I know everything's at. That's right. Right. So yeah, yeah. that'll be the mother load of information. All it takes is one person to get it. Yeah. 
That's it. Yeah, I have got some. I have got some solutions to this problem, and I think I mentioned it last time. But I'll mention it again. I do think we need an obfuscated digital identity. Yeah. That is encrypted at both ends. Yeah. Where so same as the online form that you use, you, you know, you're going to buy a pair of Nikes mm-hmm. online. Um, it'll say your name. Yeah. It'll say your address. When you, it'll send it to the form, and after a preset amount of time, the address burns itself. That's right. Like gets rid of itself. Yep. If the company needs that address again, they have to ask. That's so they'll ping you. Yep. Yeah, so they'll ping your message again. Yeah. You can decide whether you want it or not, mm-hmm. because more. I would argue that they mostly want it so they can send you more send marketing. Send you advertising. Right? Yep. So it should, after a preset amount of time destroy itself mm-hmm. there should also be a private encrypted key on both sides yeah. so that only that entity can can see it and it can't be sold yeah. to somewhere else i'm sure that there is a digital way to do this i don't think your name needs to be on stuff no although i haven't figured out how like you know when you post you know when when stuff goes to the post office you have to collect it, you have to show your id to get it so i haven't i haven't figured out that part yet but even that doesn't make a lot of sense because if it's getting sent to your house, you just have the address. Yeah. You don't have to prove your identity when it gets sent to your that's house. That's true. That's true. So, so maybe there needs to be a shift at the Australia Post level. Well, maybe, but it, but could, it, it could, could even be as simple as actually follow, following the Privacy Act. Like but I, I want, I want people. I, I just want to give people an example of of how ridiculous online shopping is. Yeah. Imagine walking to a market stall mm-hmm. to try and buy a cupcake, yeah. and then asking you your home address. Yeah. Like, and that's what we are okay to do, mm. even when we're buying digital products. Yep. That is crazy. It's mental. And like the, pro- so when I did finance, the Privacy Act is extremely specific in that any private data you collect from someone is only to be used for the specific purposes in which you collected it. So it is extremely explicit that... If I, say, take someone's finance application and take their details of the finance application, I cannot then go and use those details to market to them. That's against the law. Yeah. So it should be a simple application of laws that are already available. But where they get around it is when you click through these websites, mm-hmm. you give up those rights. Yeah, because they say, they, they put up a notice that says, we're going to use it for all this yeah. stuff and everyone just hits agree. Yeah. Yeah, but even that, like... Look at COVID. In COVID, the government tried to legislate against bad decisions by their people. Why can't they do that with this? Yeah. Well, and, and that's why I think this space is going to be so interesting to watch, to mm. see what happens. And um, I tend to agree with you. This, this I, I think these... Now, there must be some bad actors because I know that the Optus hack has... Like, Tasha got smashed. Mm. She got smashed. So someone's literally started an uh, Afterpay account using her wow. number. So she's getting absolutely belted. Uh, I, um, more to prove your point is government services are now smashed because of the Optus hack because like I go to Queensland Transport all the time. Mm-hmm. The lines go to the street now yep. for people to go get new licenses and mm-hmm. they've literally had to build a new system yep. to say, hey, show us the email. Okay, fill out this form. Okay, in a, two months' time, you're going to get a new a new license. Mm-hmm. They've had to like add staff to it. So yep. it has put an, an additional load on it. So I reckon they've got jack of it too. So mm-hmm. there is going to need to be a solution to all of this. Yep. And the, the solution is, as clear to me, is you can't hold that up. Yeah, you should not, it, you 100%. Not 100%. Like... And like I said, that's what the Privacy Act says. You can only hold data for the purpose in which it was collected. So, for example, if you go on Vine Mofo again because you want to order alcohol from an online website, 
it should have your address because it needs it to send the order. And then once the order's complete, that should delete yeah. automatically. Yeah. And then every time you go in and you reorder, it puts the details in every single time. And that works to find, like, your browser or your phone or Apple Pay or those yep. things has that. You That's have right. that data. Absolutely. And you can... Imp- it like, should be at your easy. end. So, yeah, like like you said, there's... User there's, end, yeah. Yeah, so on, on your Apple, uh, if you want to do, you know, uh, Apple Pay or something like that, it's all stored at your end and then you can accept it from your end so you're securing your own data. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine, but... I, I think that this is a an extremely simple fix, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to a willingness from governments to actually care about this. And what my concern is about all of these things, being the cynic that I am, is that the reason why governments are not prepared to clap down on private businesses doing these things is because then inevitably the conversation leads to once you've cleaned up the private system, then you've got to clean up the public system too. And people start asking the same questions. Well, why does this particular public system need to know those certain details? And then they have to start doing the same things. I think that's one of the reasons why it doesn't get addressed. Yeah, I think it's a mess. I think I really think government has very little understanding of the digital space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the EU seems to be moving far. Like they know they're, they're much smarter about how they handle uh, digital. I mean, I think they implemented the cookie laws, um, and now now they're really trying to make sure that big tech doesn't get that data, mm. uh, especially for free. So they seem to be at the at the kind of forefront of of digital. Uh, when I spoke to the lawyer about the project I'm working on, she said that in terms of like the crypto space, there's no team in Canberra that is even looking at blockchain. Right. Even though hundreds of billions of dollars transact every day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, well, like we they get some contracts every so often to. Uh, help advise but she said they're even asking the wrong questions like they they just got they've just got no idea so i'm not sure if they're equipped to do it this at least these hacks are are a catalyst for thought Mm -hmm. that something might happen uh but who knows yeah because i'm just trying to see if i can find the actual numbers here but when 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 i was learning all these things about the privacy act uh so one of the examples that they gave in dealership land is if you had auditors enter a dealership and people would leave contracts face up on mm. desks. So every single individual one of those is a breach of the Privacy Act. And I think that if you got repeated breaches, so I think it was like more than 10 of those examples in a 12-month period or something like that, then they would start imposing fines. And the, the fines were, were huge. So here we go. Um, so under the Privacy Act, the Information Commissioner has the power to investigate organisations based on complaints or of, the, uh, or of the Commissioner's own accord, accept enforceable undertakings, make determinations, apply to the court for injunctions of civil penalties. The maximum penalty for a corporation for serious and repeated interferences of privacy is currently $2.2 million Australian dollars. Although the government is planning to increase the maximum penalties via the online privacy bill to the greater of A, Australian $10 million, or B, three times the benefit obtained through misuse of personal information, and C, 10% of the company's annual domestic turnover. Uh, under the, well, the Healthcare Identifiers Act, so I'm assuming that's because of like my health record or something mm-hmm. like that, 
um, knowing or reckless unauthorized use of disclosure of healthcare identifiers gives rise to a maximum civil penalty of 666,000. That's an interesting number. Yeah, uh, but also how did um, vaccines not, like showing you a vaccine info, how is that not covered by that? Well, again, uh, extraordinary powers because of the pandemic declaration. Right. So I would assume that if state of emergency is over, you can no longer do these things, yeah. all these penalties may occur. Or $133,200 for individuals. So this is this is sort of what, like, I think about this stuff a lot because when you look at these, like, large-scale data breaches, as a, as a company, you can say until you're blue in the face, oh, it's not our fault, someone, someone hacked our system. Mm-hmm. But... Those are per like for individual offences. Once you hit over a certain threshold, so I don't, how many how many Optus users got their information stolen? Oh, I don't know what the number is. So the penalty could be up to two point two million dollars per breach. Yeah, that bankrupts that company. Now, what has happened to Optus in the meantime? Anything? No. So where is the where is the actual punishment for uh, failing to protect their users' data? Where is the punishment? Yeah, it seems like. At a minimum, they've tried to get Optus to pay for people's new licenses, and even they're reeling against that. Yeah, like, but but this is the thing that they, well, they're going to get away with it. They're going to get away with it, hundred percent. And this is a, a, just another example of when it, too big to fail. Like when you're big enough, the rules don't apply to you. Mm. Um, the Crown Casino, that story that came out during the week, they got a hundred million dollar fine. Uh, I thought that it was extremely interesting that they actually suspended their gaming license but they can reopen without gaming, which is what they've done. But the $100 million fine is chicken shit compared to the amount of money that that place would have made. Yeah, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. I reckon that's a couple of rich guys playing a game to see who's going to be the next casino guy. Right. I I I don't... That's... So you think a rival casino might be greasing some palms to get the clamp down on them to Absolutely. take out a competitor? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's a play against because I think it, it's not. Um, it's a Packer owned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, but then he. I know that he got in trouble because he was not supposed to be on the board after some other infraction, and then it turned out he was like a, a like a shadow proxy, yeah. yeah proxy board member because. The board was discussing things and then getting it all clear from him before they made any yeah, decisions. So. It's to me that whole casino thing is a game. Yeah, it's a game. It's a it's a billionaire's game. Yeah, that yeah, they're, yeah. they're playing, and that's why like a hundred million is so insignificant, and yeah. they'll pay and they don't care. Yeah, because it's worth so much more. Yeah, you know the fact that we think like why do we have a problem with like do we care that there's money being um, uh, laundered through there? I don't think we really care. I don't think the public really care. It's a casino. Yeah. You know, like, who cares? The fact that it's a story, it, like... At the end of the day, if you were a punter, you would be more than happy for people to launder millions and millions of dollars through a casino because those poker machines, they're supposed to tee off at certain thresholds. <laughs> and a lot, like, I, I'd heard... It adds more liquidity to the market. That's right. So yeah. it actually increases your likelihood of getting a win. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. I'm all for it. Oh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not pro-laundering, I'm, but to me, it's that's, that's not a story compared to having all user data and enough data to set up identities yeah, yeah, yeah. hacked and there being no recourse no, to that. No yeah, so maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe like if if the casino game is worth a hundred million dollars as a fine, well what's what's well, uh, giving personal information up? Yeah, it's right. Like you said, you, you, you could work two point two million dollars per, per offense. Per offense. Yeah. How many customers got hacked? Yeah, but it just yeah. doesn't happen. These laws are so toothless. And like when you're looking at for the, the good of the people, I would I'm much happier for criminals to launder their money through 
a casino that pays tax on the profits that they make, heavy which tax. heavy tax, which stays in in Australia. Like a lot of it, a lot of the government's money comes from gambling a lot of taxes. Chinese money comes in. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. It's yeah. like the best investment we've got. Yeah. You know, this Monaco's. That's why there's uh, the Principality of Monaco. Mm. The residents of Monaco pay no tax. Right. Do you know why? Because uh, like if you're a foreigner, the taxation's huge. No, the casino pays for all the uh, the whole principality's needs. Really. And locals aren't allowed to gamble there. Really. Yeah. Yeah. It works. That's that is like. So when everyone thought Trump was insane for saying, I'm building a wall and Mexico's paying for it, that's it's already been done. It's, been done. it's literally getting foreigners we're, to pay for... We're building a tax haven and foreigners paying for it. Wow. Yeah. Well played, Monaco. Yeah. That's yeah, unreal. Yeah. You wanted to live there, didn't you? Oh, I'd, I'd live there I've just, tomorrow. I've just but, found out but why. Now, but now I need to... No, now... At I'm, least you know you can gamble at the casino if you well, want Well, now I'm looking at the... Uh, like the Wish version of of uh, Monaco, <laughs> which is like I, I was looking at like Costa Rica, yeah, yeah, videos. So you can buy, you can buy like five acres of land in Costa Rica for like thirty thousand US dollars. Yeah, right. Doesn't have power of water, so you got to mm. figure those parts out. But um, you know, there'll be new paradises set up, and oh, especially with this digital nomad stuff, like yeah, there is there there will be some op- there will be a new Monaco. Might not be as uh, you definitely won't have the history, but mm-hmm. um, there probably are, won't there have are an F1 be, race either. There are going to be a lot of little. Uh, if you've got some smart leadership over there and you're welcoming of these um, of mm. these uh, internet companies to come over and set up shop and you know bring in stacks of money mm-hmm. just to be spent. So. A lot of people go like, "Why are they tax free?" So some of them are giving. If you have a if you have a uh, digital business, mm-hmm. you pay no tax, no company tax, right. no income tax, mm-hmm. and you go, "Oh, how does that like? Why does that work? Why would someone do that?" Well, if that person that person has to be there, so you can't just domicile your company there. Yeah, you've got to physically be there. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do with the money? Yeah, you're going to spend, you're going to spend it. That's yeah. right. And and the idea is that you then bring in more workers. Yeah. You're offering jobs to locals who then go and spend the money that they earn from those jobs in the local community, and the whole community prospers as a as a result. Yeah. There's certain states in America that are similar. Like Florida is similar. Their uh, corporate taxes is lower than a lot of the other states. And there's always the comparison is always between Florida and California because California is just gone through the roof, yeah. which is why Elon Musk took Tesla out of there and all yeah. those. Sorts no of income things. tax either. You pay no income tax in Florida. Yeah, because the idea is you want big companies to come in and create jobs and prosperity that comes with it. Yeah. Because, you know, look at what happened with Detroit when the manufacturing uh, industry got destroyed. Well, Detroit was the, like, the industrial Detroit hub of, was the, of the, the world. biggest city in America once upon a time. And Detroit now is a shadow of its former yeah. self because they ran out all the businesses. Yeah. So, yeah, just like when people talk about, you know, corporate tax discounts and stuff like that, it's not as evil as it comes across. But remember, the devil's in the details. The devil's in the Look details. Look at the details. And on that note, thanks for joining us here in Rumble. We'll see you next week.